pull up is here. You guys ready to start? <clears throat> ready. All right. Now, last we left off, you had retired to the quaint interior of the Stormcrow Tavern and regrouped there after an eventful evening in the Siren's Repose, a brothel in the city. The chamber below was warm, a fire crackled in the hearth, while outside the wing, the wind banged against the shutters, trying and failing to blow the cold inside. Delana, the woman who works at the tavern, had already gone home. It was just Finn sat behind the counter, having a nightcap, reading a book, serving his last customers, and waving you in. You took up residence in the large chamber upstairs, where Kor sat beside Tani, who was still bound on the bed, and Barnak lounged in a nearby chair. A smaller fire was alive there in the hearth as well, spreading a warm glow throughout an otherwise darkened room. And just then, the door creaked open, and Jean-Jacques came back from speaking with his friend Arby, and at last, Turnock also returned, his master K.O. nowhere to be seen. But this is the way that the Ashenhearts reunited and still had one thing left to discuss, what to do with Tani. So in that warm, cozy room, Tani seemingly back to her senses, I just wanted to ask you guys, what was it that you actually chose to do after Tani's seeming fit of rage brought on by the gauntlets that uh, that she wears? How did you guys choose to proceed for the night before we move on to the main course in the Arcana Acquisitas? Well, for me, it was mostly just seeing if she's okay, like if she should be all right, and if that's a pattern, I would just untie her, like, uh, you know, just wait a bit and, you know, recommend that she rested after we untied her, and for me, that's it. Okay. I don't know if you guys would want to do anything different. We did discuss last time that maybe we should somehow look into ways to remove the curse, and maybe Mrs. Gold can help. I remember that conversation. That is true. Yeah, yeah but... we said we'd talk to her and see if she can do anything about it. Yeah, okay. but it was mostly, you know, just uh, uh, for that moment, actually, right? So, uh, yeah, for that moment, just untie her. Okay. So you uh, yeah. you guys talk a little bit more, um, you know, maybe maybe Core wanted some reassurances, but eventually, you know, everyone's on board. Tani, you get untied, and um, presumably each of you uh, can then return to your own chambers or to whichever chambers that you chose to share to save on some costs. Um, and from there, you know, spend a night considering what ultimately turned out to be quite a long day in which many things happened and you learned many things. Uh, about each other and about yourselves but then of course eventually the morning came and you awoke to a postizia covered in a thin layer of ice and snow occasionally you heard a loud thud as a layer of the snowy covering let go of the shingles on the rooftops nearby crashing to the ground if you poked your nose out the door or out of a window you would immediately feel icy cold air dry your lips and enter your lungs it's a cold day um, it's not a welcoming day. It's a day that typically you might prefer to spend in front of a fire, but not knowing what else might be in store for you, you still had several plans already lined up, including picking up your new formal clothing from Madame Reynard's boutique 
as well as setting out for the Arcana Acquisitas and figuring out if you indeed wished to enter into a contract with the mysterious Basil. Of course, you picked up your clothes, and if you wanted to, you could each subtract an additional two guilders from your inventory to purchase a very warm wintry cloak that you could immediately wear over your regular gear in the face of this new cold weather that seems to have descended upon Postitia. Now, you had to walk a little bit. Sorry? I just said I'll take that deal. Okay, no, that's fine. So yeah, feel free to, to subtract two guilders and add a warm winter cloak to your inventory. Actually, I said me too, but not me too. I mean, I it's not that I'm resistant to cold, but I'm pretty used to it, and it's not like turn turn off fuse it the same way that other people do. So I'm not. You know. Sure. So, um, with those of you who wanted to wrapped up in something warm. You decided to set out and try to find your way back to the Arcana Acquisitas, that mysterious alleyway in which you had found the hanging sign that indicated the entrance. It took a little while, though. The snow crunching between, beneath your feet, shutters opening overhead and down the streets as you walked. You essentially watched the city wake up, until suddenly you turned a corner, and, very much as if by magic, there was again that same alleyway. Dark, not much snowed in at all and with only a single sign hanging to indicate a place of business, the intertwined A and A on a field of luminous blue. Once inside, you found that the endless space had been rearranged. A 30-foot machine in the shape of a golem stood to the left, an enormous hole in its chest where something was missing, and in the center, ahead of you, stood Basil, who welcomed you and presented you with the, drafts, uh, the draft version of the contract that he proposed. But, drawing the eye most of all, were several rows of long tables where were now lined up the most fantastical magical items, displayed in beautiful display cases or held in the hands of small statues or otherwise laid out on pillows to truly show off just how magnificent this collection was. You saw items of incredible worth and power, and besides each one was a small printed card on which the item is briefly described, either its history, its powers, or both. Basil uh, introduced again the rules of the game. Please read the contract and to negotiate with him about anything that you find unacceptable or undesirable, uh, any wording or additional rules uh, or rules that you wish to be removed. Um, you got the impression he's quite flexible. He's very eager for your support and your help. Um, but... Overall, he's still a businessman, and he still has to, of course, protect his own interests in this entire affair. So um, he has drafted this contract that you guys have had available for the past week, and um, I assume you've come prepared with some ideas about how to proceed. But, um, oh yeah, finally, he does emphasize that this is, you know, it's not your standard interdimensional contract just between two parties. He has um, made it available specifically um, under the authority of the Collier Root in Sigil, a sort of neutral party that will enforce contracts between interdimensional and interplanar um, groups. So, with that in mind, and with the wealth of things before you on display and the contracts to inspect, I would like to ask, what is it that you do? What is it that you say? And what is it that you want to achieve? Well, I had one thing that I wanted to 
regarding the wording, I'll just you know pipe up to him and say, sure. um, the contract itself seems well crafted and the wording appropriate. I would like to make uh, one request and potentially uh, negotiate about point uh, five. Uh, which says, never shall you directly or indirectly and knowingly responsible, be responsible for preventing the fulfillment of this contract in any way. Mm -hmm. I would like this to reflect both parties so that it indicates clearly that neither party shall mm -hmm. be directly or indirectly responsible um, for preventing the fulfillment of this contract in any way. And then further add that this is including but not limited to working towards the detriment of the other party uh, working with uh, individuals or entities um, that are conspiring against either party and so forth. Um, he kind of pauses for a moment, uh, quickly making note of especially the first party, and he, you actually hear him like under his breath agreeing, like, oh, that's a good point. Um, but with the second one, he makes the note and he just kind of looks it over. Hmm. Now, I have no interest in working against you in any fashion. So that part I'm perfectly willing to put in the contract. But I cannot... The level of information that we need to exchange in order to assure that this is the case in all cases is so monumental and especially invasive in your case um, that that may not be enforceable. Mm. That does not mean that I will be actively aiding anyone that I know of is currently on a quest to destroy or otherwise impede you. But um, let us say well, that, that... That was my intention. Okay. Uh, so maybe we can word it that way so that it's okay. a person or persons that you know of are actively working against each other. Because I, I do agree with you the and of course, this would level of... count for both parties once again. Of course, yes. And I think this would fall under the other um, elements of the contract. We would have to, in some way, I guess, um, make each other aware if we obtain this knowledge. Mm. But I, I'm not exactly sure whether that would apply that would also be difficult um i can refuse service based on these terms um but there are still essential confidentialities involved in of course perusing my shop and um, those i am not at liberty to break so um very dope i will add and he like he waves his hand and obviously i will update the contract to reflect this but he waves his hand so both lines um update to include that both parties are subject to the rule of not impeding each other or preventing this contract from being fulfilled in any way. And uh, the next line, an addendum is added where the same thing applies, where no aid of any kind will be given to parties. That And it becomes this like really elongated, I already have an idea, but it's really long, uh, impossible wording of like, Parties that may blah 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 be subject to etc. Um, until it reads essentially uh, what you guys have just discussed. Um, uh, the the essence of which is that you both agree to never impede uh, or to never aid others that may possibly impede 
a contracted party from completing this contract. Perfect. All that right. is the the only addition that I would have asked for. Other than that, the contract seems straightforward as contracts go anyway. It is, uh, I think, one of my best and one of my most honest. So I'm happy that you think so as well. And he just kind of smiles and, and nods his head a little bit. Uh, but he honestly he was quite surprising. <laughs> well, that is what we agreed upon when we sat down. But um, And he looks at, at the others, at Tani, at Kor, at Turnock, at Barnack. But of course, there are many voices in this room. Is there anything else that you have to add or remark upon or ask about in this matter? Ashen Hearts. Mm, I was... I started reading with a bit of a fear that maybe you would, I don't know, mention our souls somewhere. But I was pleasantly surprised that, that you didn't include any of that. So, yeah, my fears dissipated. He, he, he smiles a little bit and he, you know, you can see almost like a, a, a boyhood charm about him, you know, like, uh, like a very young kind of person um, at that approval. And he says, well... You know, you, you do this job long enough and you get used to certain standards. And it's nice to be reminded that uh, that there are others who uh, who adhere to a higher standard, so to speak. So uh, I was very happy to include also the prohibition on uh, on anything regarding souls being used in, uh, in the completion of this transaction. This is, this is, well, let's just say, Basso, that the rewards uh, are offering for the completion of, of this quest that you're giving us, uh, they only worry me to the point that <laughs> it's going to be a tough quest, that's what I mean. Oh, yes, and, absolutely. Uh, I mean... You will understand that, of course. I, I am happy to grant appropriate rewards, but they are absolutely commensurate with the challenge that lies before us. So I would also urge you to consider again the magnitude of the challenge before us. I do understand if at any point any of you choose not to move forward with this. Um, I will be disappointed, but I understand. So please make a well-informed decision before committing to this, because you can tell... Once you commit, you're in for a good long while. With that in mind, would you uh, like to have a look? Yeah. I have two questions. Sure, of course. I don't understand most of the contracts, but that's why Jean-Jacques here. Of course. What I did notice is that you said uh, we would have a single year. And last time we talked, I don't think any time frame was mentioned. Well, you, you see him almost immediately go like wanting to interrupt, but then he, he lets you finish and he goes like, I'm afraid that you indeed might have misunderstood. You have a single year to complete a given task once it is provided to you. Once we agree that it needs to be done in the pursuit of this contract, you have a year to complete it. The actual contract itself has no expiry date outside of the length of your life. 
Of course, I would prefer it if you don't leave it until you are old, decrepit, and incapable. But, um... I'm sure you understand. No. Jean-Jacques does. Think of it this way, Barnack. If the whole quest was drink a keg of ale, we'd have a year upon being told to drink one single um, cup of ale to drink it. Oh, so it's just like parts of... Okay. Each part, you may take up to one year to complete. Okay. That was my first question. The second question, though, Mm -hmm. is a bit more serious, Basil, and that is, did you know that what you would do to to Tani when giving her the gloves. Make an insight check. Anyone who's looking at him trying to gauge his response to this particular question. I'm not going to take it just because I'm still trying to understand the contract. That's fair. I'm going to say core maybe maybe in a similar situation. 18 for me. Okay. Tani, 16. And Barnack is a an eighteen as well. Wow. 18 as well. Right, I'll take see. my normal dice though. Okay. I haven't rolled dice in a while. You guys can immediately see his expression kind of go a little slack, a little worried. You know, his 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 whole head kind of like, hmm. You know, he wasn't expecting this question. He looks over at Tani, um, and he's he picks his words carefully. And he says, well, there are a great many items that are both powerful and dangerous. I attempted to warn you, but at the same time, our relationship was not what it is today. And my primary motivation is to make a sale. So if you fail to ask for further details... At that point, that was not within my purview. I hope you understand. I know it can be difficult sometimes for for people who spend their time on the material plane where there are certain rules and moral obligations to one another. But believe me, in the kind of business that I do usually, it is not something that you tell unless asked. And he did warn us, if I remember correctly. He, He did give us like a... Veil warning. Vague warning. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you did you do you guys hear like drilling? When I Just was a tiny here? bit, but it's not bad. Okay. I haven't heard anything. So. Okay. There, someone's drilling. It's fine. Fair enough. We didn't. Our, as you put it, relationship wasn't what it is today. He, he looks fine. over at Tani for a moment and says, uh, "Is everything okay? Um, it hasn't given you too yeah, much just... trouble, I hope." Just a little bit on a couple of occasions. Hmm. Nothing we couldn't handle. Yeah. And for now. If if we were to if we were to look for a way to remove the curse, would you happen to know how? Um, I might be able to point you in a direction, but do be aware that removing a curse from an item like this typically will exercise its all of its magical properties. At least, you know, the more accessible versions of such magic, unless you fancy going to very deep places in very far away planes. Maybe not removing the magic of the item, but just the item. 
just I can I can help you remove the item. I will even purchase it back. I I cannot quite pay the retail price, oh, no. but I'm willing to take it back um, for for a price. And at least then you won't have had a total loss. Very quiet besides in the background. <laughs> the choice is yours. Um, yeah, let's just say. Let's just say it's an it's an offer that I will make based on our growing friendship. And he kind of looks at, at Jean Jacques for a moment and inclines his head. Okay. Well, then I don't have any other questions. Very well. Then, as I was about to say, would you perhaps like to have a look before you choose to sign or not sign? And he gestures to the side, to all the magnificent items that are laid out there. Yeah. Well, Judge immediately just goes and to, to sure. look, but um, is there on the on the card uh, regarding the cubic gate? Does it detail which dimensions this one goes to? So let me check that real quick. Or is it just like a random dimension every time? Because okay. I thought it was a cubic gate. So the cubic gate. This cube is three inches across and radiates palpable magical energy. The six sides of the cube are each keyed to a different plane of existence, one of which is the material plane. The other sides are linked to planes determined by the GM. So yes, there is indeed a description. Um, I will say three of the sides are currently known. So the side that is uh, that, that goes to the material plane mm -hmm. is known. There is one that goes to, uh, to the Nine Hells specifically to the city of brass um, and the last one will go to um, to a plane that uh, like it, it has a very long name and I will say you can make an intelligence check to see if you can decipher what what it's supposed to mean uh, 15 okay. So it, it takes you maybe a little longer than you're happy with, but you do decipher the, the meaning roughly, maybe with a little helpful hint from Basil, who doesn't seem to know exactly either. Um, but uh, with his help, you guys figure out um, it means the place where all is and nothing is. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. What's up, Minash? <laughs> Barnek has literally no idea. What <laughs> Barnek's eye just went. Whoop. Yeah. Just, whoop. <laughs> but everything um, is and nothing is. All right. All right. That's cool. You know, uh, Turnock's reptilian blue eyes. You know, are just dead on, like straight in the in the sword of, of sharpness, right? Like. The, the legendary items, I just, I, I, I pass by, but as soon as my <laughs> eyes caught it, like, I, I, sure you know, it's just there. Yeah. I think, I think Turnock and Kor probably have a similar reaction there with, with Kor picking up the Holy Avenger, because yeah. he recognizes it as well. Yeah. Maybe the rest of you seeing Kor with that particular sword, like, your stomach yeah. turns for a second yeah. because of how you know his association with it in the... In the potential future, but please turn off. You were saying. No, no, I just, uh, I, I, I don't actually, I don't say anything, but I, I turn to, I actually, I, I go to core, 
and I, I placed my hand on his shoulder and just say, I don't know how good of an idea that would be or but uh, especially considering the, the, the array of items that we have available. But, well, I mean, especially with that on your hands, who am I to stay in your path, right? <laughs> and they just turn my eyes and, and attention again to... So, as you yeah. turn, um, you briefly notice, and all of you are surprised, when the Holy Avenger in Kor's hand suddenly lights up, and it gets its characteristic glow, you realize that in the 10 seconds that he's been holding it, he became attuned to it. And Basil will explain that while you're here, you can briefly attune to any item here and test out its properties relatively harmlessly. Mm. But it will only work within about a 40-foot radius around the tables. Okay. Core says, well, Carlos says, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. Changes things. Oh, wait, so the crystal... <laughs> I'll try... May I take the <laughs> ring of invisibility yes. while Jean-Jacques is not looking at, at <laughs> it? Okay. Um, <laughs> make, a, make a, I guess, a sleight of hand check against... Uh, Jean-Jacques' passive perception, I would say. Nope, it's a natural one. Ah. So, uh, Jean-Jacques, as you're looking the other way, and as probably all of you are kind of distracted by other things, uh, Barnack, like, tries to grab something and just accidentally pushes over, like, one of the other items from the table that just clatters to the ground, and you just see him standing with the Ring of Invisibility in his hand. I look at him like, what? Why are you being sneaky, Barnack? Just take a look. I'm not. I'm. I'm not being sneaky at all. I will. Don't. Don't. This. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, guys. Yeah. I, yeah. We. 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 We would have to choose. And I'll be honest. From all of these, and I'll. Sh I'll just point to the legendary items. Um. <laughs> From all of these, I don't think I should be using any of them, except this one that gives you more health. That one seems fine for me. Oh, I should add this, by the way, since you just said that about the choices. Um, Carlos just shared, Core uh, would obviously prefer the Holy Avenger if the rest of the party thought that was the best idea. Otherwise, his vote would be for the Cubic, cubic Gate. Gate. Yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, very rare item, amulet of the planes, and yeah, uncommon item we'll figure out. That's yeah, fine. that's why I asked him about the cubic gate. The crystal ball looks crazy. It is to an very extent. good as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't give you guys shabby choices, you know. No, no, you did <laughs> not. <laughs> I mean, I still want the a robe of the archmage the most because I think that long term it has the most for me personally has the most like consistent applicability. Yeah. But I think party-wise, either the Ring of Invisibility, which we could just share, uh, essentially, like one person can wear it 90% of the time, but we could always share it if need be. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I don't think, well, I'll ask Basil, like, Basil, if we choose one of these items and then one person attunes to it, can we change him between us ourselves whenever we want to, or is it more of a 
Oh no, I I, I make no such you wouldn't. demands. Yeah. No. Alright. Obviously All right, the point of lending you one of these items is to assure the success of your quest. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to double check because of the exclusion from the other choice, but thank you. Of course. Um what what I, I have I have a point to make regarding the choices and I have a question to Gavin actually. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna begin with that. Just because, well, plot-wise, lore-wise, Turnock was trained to fight with a katana or something, you know, similar to that, a slightly bigger katana, but whatever. It's yeah. a, a type of sword that he knows how to handle properly. Mm -hmm. And the sort of sharpness, you know, we can adapt it to be whatever and, you yeah. know, to suit whatever character. But at the same time, you know, the sword is something although i wanted it to be you know a katana or something like that it isn't so i'm just wondering what kind of implications that would be or what kind of flexibility we would have you know well in shaping the, that object to be what i needed to here's what i essentially tried to describe earlier as well but i think i did a poor job is that with with items like the sort of sharpness and others that may you know be just you know can be a certain type of weapon or a certain type of armor, like mithril armor, if you choose that. Um, multiple variants are available. You can still only choose one, but with a sort of sharpness, it's essentially, for example, it's like a stone block, and it has different sheaths on different sides, and each of the different types of swords is sticking out there. So there's a long sword, there's a great sword, um, it kind of goes on like that, with, with several more types of weapons. So I would say that, thematically speaking, you can definitely find a weapon that... Uh, statistically, still works as a great sword, but thematically, definitely suits your uh, your type of weapon. It might be, you know, for example, of of a make that resembles what you want, but actually, it's from a completely different culture in the past, um, mm. which just happens to coincide with with something that you're comfortable with. Okay. Uh, that was dope, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just uh, in not regarding in character. Sorry, sure. getting back. <laughs> um, I just turned to all of you and, uh, you know, I do believe that if we decide to choose something from the these legendary items, so they say, uh, that will not grant an immediate advantage to whoever bears it or whoever picks it, we are going to be in a disadvantage, period. So we are all selecting items. We are we, I say we we who are not picking up or actually considering any of the legendary items. We have uh, items that are going to affect us and our performance either in combat, combat or in our missions directly. So I do believe that we should not consider something that would be to the benefit of the entire party rather than something you know an individual is going to use so uh core and jean jacques you have my blessing for you to allow yourselves to you know debate whether you would want the rope or the sword you know the holy avengers so uh i do believe that's the best course of action we should take we should not consider an item that we won't be able to use directly by 
one of us, you know. Um, yeah, so I think those two options would be the best ones uh, in this situation, especially considering the rest of the things that we have available. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Um, although I am considering of just getting the bow, this bow looks really nice. There is also another thing that, even though it's not spe specifically for me there, I <clears throat> I like this little bottle that <laughs> says it can summon things. Oh, you like it, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, things um, you've captured, but... keep in mind. No, 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 the or... the other one, not the legendary Oh, the one. Fruity, fruity Bottle. bottle. Right. Yeah, Fruity Bottle, yeah. Uh, so, um, that would also just help the entire party, I think. But one thing to note, and I, I'm still very much sure that this is still the case, we don't have a specified person here to help us to heal too well to heal us that much apart from you core you can heal us a bit and that's it a little <laughs> that's my best core yeah yeah i think that's that's a good point because i think that the the, the sword and and the robe are definitely beneficial to the individual like in a significant way but so is effectively the the rod of resurrection because we can support the whole party by 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 doing that and um death death is something sacred that shouldn't be violated i'm i'm not up for it well i, I meant also the the property of healing uh, as well yeah yeah well you can pick it up if you promise not using not to use it on me don't right. want to uh, I, the resurrection part i could still yes. use. yeah but still yes heal. Okay. <laughs> no, yes. i just want to yeah. double check yeah. yes. i mean that's Maybe. that's your right for sure i would be comfortable with that but you know out of all of the things that i said what i the point that i wanted to make clear is just you to you yeah that's the most important all right so tarnock essentially i guess rescinds his his claim yeah. on a legendary item. Um, I think for for core, you know, there uh, there is a very obvious benefit of his personal power increasing significantly with the Holy Avenger. You guys have seen how how powerful that can be. So you know, let's assume that he makes that argument for you guys. Um, but uh, that is still very much a, a one person thing. Yeah, for me, it would be also. Yeah, I mean, I I I would argue that. It bumps up my spell save DC to 18. Um, and since I can no longer increase my charisma without like a tone, that's as far as I go without, without leveling. And my spell attack bonus is 10. But the, the spell save DC is the, I think, the big thing, especially if I pick up hold a person again, which I will because I, I'm missing that spell. Suggestion. In our um, nightmare fight, was Jean Jacques using one of those? No. Oh no. no! Yes, yes, I was. Yes, <clears throat> was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. At this point, I'm going to say let's take five more minutes, and by then, you know, let's get yeah, come let's to decide decisions on uh, a signing the contract, and then b whether you, you know, which items you wish to take. Well, I guess let's talk about signing the contract first i think i'm in favor although i, I think it's a you know <laughs> probably a bad idea 
but I think it's just too good an opportunity to pass pass out. We've passed on two great opportunities to increase our power and influence. And I think this one, while potentially disastrous in the long term, does not pose immediate threat and does not pit us against anybody directly. Like I'm sure this one, is, won't... this one is written. This one is written and I yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. In the, the, the You can the... understand everything about it. Yeah, and also and the, the part that somebody will enforce a neutral party is responsible for enforcing the fulfillment of the contract is uh, extremely, uh, well, favorable towards the signing. Thank you for adding that, Peso. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of signing it. So, Me too. Right. Me too. Right. Three in favor, four in favor. And, and core. I think core also, I core think. Also. Yeah. yeah. Kind of so, so that part we've got figured out. Okay. Legendary item wise, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how out of character. I don't know how we can uh, solve this more most easily since Carlos is not here. Well, I uh, think the easiest thing to do would be to to pick the items that you definitely are think are in the running, right? For you guys, because it yeah. seems it's only like four items or so, and yeah. um, like. Maybe each of you can just, you know, you can vote on each one and whichever one gets the most is the one to go yeah. for. Yeah. That, this so, also, yeah. Holy Avenger, Robe, Rod of Resurrection. Rod. And the, the... I mean, the Cubic Gate, I guess. Yeah. But since Carlos said he'd pick up the rare item if he doesn't get the legendary of Amulet of the Plains, he effectively casts, if I understood it correctly, effectively casts Planar Shift... Or does he just planar shit himself? Uh, let me double check that. That's I was reading it, but I, I wasn't able to. I think it casts plane shift, but let me double check. Um, on a successful check, you cast the plane you shift cast. spell. Yeah. On a so, so you make a DC fifteen intelligence check, and on a successful check, you cast the plane shift spell. On a failure, you and each creation object within fifteen feet of you travel to a random destination. Um. On a 1 to 60, you travel to a random location on the plane you named. On a 61 to 100, you travel to a randomly determined plane of existence. So, Which can be hilarious, but also deadly. Because <laughs> you can end up on that, the plane that that's doesn't on have a fail, air. Right? That's on a fail. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say hypothetically, because I know Turnock is intending to get the, um, the intelligence circlet. Um, so you could theoretically lend your circlet to Core... If yeah, he wants yeah. to use the amulet, or Wait, to anyone, the headband, the, the, the one, the headband, the yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing to become actually clever, Barnack. Well, fuck you then. I'm Barnack. picking it up. No, 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 you can take it. I have, I have something. I have something else as well. It's all right. So, so we have the robe, the sword, and the rod. Yeah, so we don't I would vote for the robe, and Carlos votes for. The sword. the sword. Yeah. So yeah. hold on. Let me, let me do. Let, let's do one at a time, okay? Because yeah. I want to tally this properly, so we are not. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I. Okay. I, I don't think I, I don't think we like. We don't even need to vote because, I'm quite okay with you getting the robe or yeah. getting the Avenger. Rod of this of of resurrection is fine for all of us, but. If anyone wants the robe, or rather the the Avenger, well, more than that, that that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, it's it's very very gracious, but ultimately, it's easier to get to a point where we have a choice if everybody just yeah. chooses. 
because yeah, otherwise, you know, like yeah, that's also there's true. no no progress. Um, yeah. so yeah, it helps us break the tie because otherwise, yeah. it's just Carlos and me having to talk it over for a long while. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Core and JJ have down. So let's let's start with Tani because you're at the top of my screen here. Um, what is your choice for legendary item out of the Holy Avenger, the Robe of the Archmage, and the Rod of Resurrection? What do you think would benefit the party the most? Or which one do you think you know is most deserved? I'll vote for Robo the Archmagar. Okay. I was thinking Rod of Resurrection, because I did sort of almost technically die before, but mm -hmm. we can find other ways to bring someone back. Right? Theoretically, that's true. Okay, so Tani, turn up. What's your choice? Um, so, and I'm going to just a little bit of explanation regarding why sure. I did this, but I do believe that out of everybody in this group, the person with the biggest untapped potential, so to speak, is Jan Jacques. So, whatever choice we have to favor him would be in the best benefit of the party. So I don't believe we need to keep voting because I also vote for the robot. Okay. Well, it'd still be interesting to know if uh, Barnack thinks anything different. Do, do I, as a leader, get three votes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it, you. as you guys are discussing this, Basil just kind of, you know, he's tallying and he just walks up next to you and he just puts a hand on your shoulder. He just says, of course you do. And then when you're looking away, he just looks at everyone else like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I turn to Boronek and I say, only if you're wearing the captain's hat, otherwise you lose your leader post. Darn it. I gave the hat. Uh, no, I would I would go for, for uh, the rod itself, but at the same time, I do believe Jean-Jacques, you will benefit from the robe. And honestly, your versatility with spells will benefit all of us. So take the robe and help us with your spells. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Very good point. Yes. All right. So the rod of the uh, the robe of the arc magi, if I'm correct. And Basil, can you throw another one in, like just the rod for shits and giggles? No. He just kind of looks at you and smiles a little bit. You're a very funny one, aren't you? Darn it. No, I'm. I, I, I am sorry, but uh, I have a certain responsibility and. It's why we have to do all of this under contract and with very strict regulations. Otherwise, this place would not even let you leave anymore. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. And I will use the power of the item to help us all out on all right. any quest, but this one, of course. Now, I know that you all have your uncommon item picks already, perhaps, but just one that I wanted to throw out there is uh, Spy's Murmur, in case y'all are interested in. It effectively gives... I'll, I'll read it out of character. This headpiece, crafted from dark metal, and it's from GGR. I don't know what GGR is, Kevin. Grandmaster's Guide, guide to Ravnica. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ravnica. All right, so Ravnica, maybe then it's out of the running. But... No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so if you know a creature wearing another Spy's Murmur, and that creature is within one mile of you... You can communicate telepathically with each other. As a bonus action, you can allow that creature to hear everything you hear for one hour. You can end this effect as a bonus action, and it ends if you're incapacitated. So this is like a spec ops 
thing okay. that I think would be interesting if we all had it, but I think that it's a very utility based and situational, and I don't know how much use we'll actually have it for it. But uh, I just wanted to throw it out there because I thought it was cool. I will but say I he have... probably has like three of those lying around. So. Okay, so if it's not for everybody, yeah. So oh, still, that you would know, be interesting. Considering that this is the the Arcana Sacrificas, and you know everything from different planes. You know, there's a lot of things available. I'm guessing that I found myself a, a sword that resembles the technique and the ways and the weight and the, most importantly the balance and size. Of my own. You know, with with their kind of Quisitas's nature of being interdimensional, you okay. you, you could probably find like a, an almost legitimate katana, yeah, with, that's with the I'm enchantments you're for. looking for, but that still hits like a uh, like a great sword. So sure. yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. So it's actually now a, a, a proper katana, and I'll come up with the art for you. Uh, you know, sure. Sure, just There's just that. keep it within reasonable proportions and. Uh, uh huh. You know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, the other thing uh, is the headband of intellect that I mentioned mm -hmm. is my final pickup. I'm going to uh, wear it, and you guys can all see that if you want. But I'm going to put it in my head like an actual headband. I'm going to take my headset off just for purposes, and but I'm going to slide it down like to. Well, what turn up the only way that I can best describe this is like dreadlocks, but they're not actually dreadlocks. But I'm going to slide it down and use it to actually uh, tie them together, you know, in the back of my head, like a ponytail of dreadlocks. That's how I'm going to wear this headband. I'm going to like kind of twist it and make it tighter. So it's actually uh, uh, tying my hair together. And I just mentioned to you, all of you, I was going to need one of those for the ball. Might as well make it useful. <laughs> All right. And the, what this does is just my intelligence score whenever I'm wearing it is 19. Yeah. So um, for those of you that already have items picked out, um, you can go ahead and look it up in the compendium and just drag it onto your sheet and it will add it to your character. And if I'm correct, it should also manipulate the appropriate stats, you know, for example, with the headband of intellect. Um, so with the robe of the Archmage, you can do that. The headband of intellect, the sort of sharpness you can add. Uh, just make sure to set the stats equal to be, uh, you know, a, a plus one. I think it's, it's not an actual it's not a plus so one. It, it doesn't a, add anything. It's just, you know, uh, the properties of. Your yeah. Weapon so team. maybe, you know, yeah. add it like as a, as a trait or something. But make sure that you have your greatsword marked as being this sort of sharpness and mm -hmm. that it's magical. Because I don't think it gets a plus one, but it still does magical dam like magical attacks. So for the purpose of penetrating resistance. So, uh -huh. um, okay. so that is Turnock Sorted. Um, the rest of you still have your uh, uh, very rare items to choose, as well as adding your uh, uncommon items. So throughout all of this, right, you guys are kind of like milling around the table and picking up things and trying them out a little bit. Um, whenever you uh, are ready to choose your additional, like, kind of signing bonus item, the uncommon one, uh, Basil just takes you one-on-one -on -one into the stacks and you feel like you walk for, for a good half hour or so, even though it's not quite that long at all, um, before you arrive at a place where, as you look around slowly, each item just seems like it's relevant to you somehow. Um, but you arrive wherever you need to go to pick up uh, what you as players choose, and uh, you emerge, you know, having the items that you want in your possession. So, um, 
please feel I, free I to have a question yeah. for for a device just because I'm, I'm i'm enamored with this particular item but i'm also enamored with the second one so one that is very much utility based and i think could help us out in the long run uh, is uh, head of the skies for the uncommon one yeah or this wonderful item from Tasha's, which is plus one blood well vial. It gives me a further plus one to spell attacks and spell DC. So I jump up by another one. And also allows me to recover four, five sorcery points on a short rest effectively if I use hit dice. Which I think is pretty strong, like pretty dope. And I think it's awesome. But I don't know if you, if you, if you since I already got the legendary, I mean, if you think that uh, Head of the Skies would serve us well, which would essentially allow any of us to change our appearance, uh, because I think it's not attuned, it's not attuned, so That's it's correct. just easily change hands. So it's up to you guys. I'm going to go add core's items. Uh, head of the Skies requires attunement. Uh, so uh, you can switch way. it still yeah. on a short rest. Yeah, is but it you can get head it. of disguise. Is is that what it is? I I was thinking it was head of the skies. Yeah, <laughs> first yeah, time I heard hat. head of the skies. Oh, of yeah. the skies. Yeah, probably said it incorrectly. Yeah. What what does it do? Like, does it skyrocket? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like a head <laughs> of the skies. Oh my god! Yeah. Of the skies. Like, what is this? <laughs> okay, head of the skies. Yeah. Alright. Let me just see what that. Yeah, and it's unlimited. There's no charges, anything. You can just do it whenever you want. And it's a, it's a really cool item I love, so it will be useful regardless. I just thought that double dipping into this whole three thing and getting plus three to attacks and... And, and getting your and, uh, sorcery points back. Yeah. Yeah, it appeals to the min-maxer in me. <laughs> it is very powerful, so... It is very powerful. For an uncommon should... item, it's insane. Yeah. You should take I it. mean, we've, we've basically peaked you to min-max, so I, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> mind true. if you actually min-max, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should take it, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, then. Okay. So, make sure to add that. Um, Barnak and Tani, are you also clear on the very rare items that you want to choose? Uh, just for you guys to know, and anyone who's watching, uh, I was eyeing the uncommon things, and and the insignia of claws, if I would have seen it, uh, it's an insignia of the cult of the dragon, which would flare purple when I use it. But then... Perusing the shelves, she she noticed uh, the Eldritch Claw tattoo, and that's what she would choose as uncommon. Uh, Eldritch Claw, um, I'm sorry. Eldritch, Eldritch Claw, Claw tattoo. Yeah. So it's a needle, and you can tattoo it on. Oh, yeah, that's dope. I like those. Yeah. So. And for the very rare, uh, she would choose Manual of Gainful Exercise. Uh -huh. She'd feel like she's training again. Nice. And back okay. in childhood in the sacrosanct. Very nice. Yes. So yeah, you have your Eldritch Claw tattoo, which you can apply uh, as you like. Um, depicts claw-like forms and other jagged shapes. Um, 
While the tattoo is on your skin, your unarmed strengths are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity. You gain a plus one to attack and bonus uh, uh, and damage rolls. And as a bonus action, you can empower the tattoo. For the duration, each of your melee attacks with a weapon or unarmed strike can reach an additional 15 feet away from you as inky tendrils launch towards the target. Ooh. But that's 20 feet. And they deal an additional... Range. Well, they can reach a target up to 15 feet away, I apologize. Oh. Uh, but 15 feet is still really good. And still. They also deal additional 1d6 force damage. Whew. It's basically Very a nice. rage, kind of. Yeah. Um, so on that point, uh, as you, you know, as you walk into the stacks with Basil, Tani, um, the moment you guys are kind of out of earshot of the rest, which is surprisingly fast, um, he kind of, you know, just walking beside you, looking ahead very calmly, he just asks you, um, so have you given any thought to your gloves? Do you wish to return them? I wouldn't blame you if you did. I won't be offended. I do understand that that's not convenient to have around friends, I suppose. I mean, I quite enjoyed the the extra power it gave me, and it did heal me up, but... They are very potent, I'm, yes. I am thinking about my friends. I shouldn't hurt my friends. Well, and I mean, they're... I shouldn't they're, risk it every time I'm throwing punches. There's an alternative. I can... I can remove the curse from you for now, then you can take them off, and you can put them on again if the situation requires it. Yeah, what if there's one time when everybody is down and I'm the only one left standing and I need extra punch power? He, he raises his hands and kind of stops for a moment. He says, do remember, you'll need some time to get back into them once you to, to readjust to their effect. Um, but yes, you know, if you face a deadly or overwhelming situation and overwhelming odds, then this might very well save you, so... But I got the impression that your friends especially are eager to be rid of these, so, you know, I can yeah. remove the curse, and then I would suggest that maybe you hide them until you need them later on. Yeah, I think that's the best thing I can do. I want to keep the power, but I also don't want to harm anyone there you that go. shouldn't be harmed. So yeah, let's do that, and I hold out my hands. Alright. Is that private? Oh yeah, they've walked away. Yeah. They're in, like they okay. disappear because what you notice, like anyone who who stays behind, when Basil takes you into the shells to walk away, like you watch people go and they get maybe fifteen feet between the shells, and it's just a straight line that they're walking, and you blink and they're just gone. It's like one footstep to the next. They're just okay. Um, they throw blade armor. Yeah. So nice. Um, so Tani, he briefly takes your hands very gently in his, and he looks you in the eyes and. He mumbles something in what you think is a sort of draconic, um, and he casts a spell, and and immediately you feel like this kind of weight lifting from your shoulders, and you can just take off the gloves, and you just hold them, and it's like, they have no power over you at the moment. You don't happen to have any other gloves that happen to be uncursed, do you? Um, it's a bit of a specialty item, I have to say. Uh, I haven't gotten any recently, but I can keep an eye out. Um, I do. Uh, I do peek in on a few conventions here and there. I like punching with clothes. So, yeah. All right. I will uh, keep my ear to the ground. And he plays this way, and he takes you on, and he leads you to the items that you're interested in um, for you to take. Um, and Barnack, I believe 
Yeah, I'll, I'll approach okay. Jean-Jacques just, just to ask him. Jean-Jacques, um, very important question. Um, you know that I don't like killing people, so I'm not sure if I want to take the bow. There's a little bottle here that can summon a fire spirit or a fire genie. And there, I've read about these. There's a chance that the genie can give me wishes. Three. Small chance. There's a chance. Right. What do you think? What's more dangerous for our enemies? Barnak with three wishes or Barnak with an amazing bow? And there's, there's a card that details all of the effects of the item, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right? So it details like what happens when you roll. Right. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. So, I, I mean, in in more appropriate terms, but yes. Yeah. It yeah. It. Yeah. So I I don't know. Has Barnack taken the card and hidden it? Perhaps, or is it available for Jean Jacques to see? No, I'm I, I'm I I'm holding it and like I'm reading through it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it can give me three wishes. It, what and that's all it does. You just summon it and it gives. Well, you no, three it can wishes. also the 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 fire thingy can also attack us. Right. But the the most common thing is that the fire thing it can be under my command for an hour. Right. Hmm. It says here how it's feeling that day. Hmm. Okay. So what well, was more dangerous? I think that Barnack with three wishes <laughs> is the most dangerous thing known to any form of sentient being. Um, and I don't say like let me let me see. Can I roll an Arcana check just to see how much I know about this ephemeral, super high level magic known as the Wish Spell? Sure, make an Arcana check. Or any other? I mean, would I even have any knowledge about it? Oh, I mean, wishes are obviously not a secret, right? It's more right. there's so much lore. It's about whether you are able to pick out the yeah. right kind of lore. Okay, so Arcana check. It's a thirteen. No, 11. Oh, okay. Um, I will say... You've heard incredible stories of people changing the world for the better with the wish spell. <laughs> what? No, no. It's just, I was hoping that I'd know about the trickiness of the whole thing. No, there, um, there are no, even I'll... rumors that uh, Arethea used the wish spell to become as successful as she did. Yeah, that that would make sense. I'll just say, uh, I fear the world where you see it as better because that probably means there is like rivers of beer and mountains made of bacon. What's and wrong with I, rivers of beer? While I do appreciate all of those things, everything we know would just die because nothing except you can live only off of beer and bacon. So, I'll take the bow. Um, but I'll I, take but the bow. I, what, but I wanted to yeah. say, like, if the most likely thing that happens is we have a fire, an incredibly fi powerful fiery spirit that has access to this magic, that's probably dangerous in and of itself. I don't like the idea of it turning on us if it's a bad day. Yeah, it says here that it can but, it can be cranky. That's fine. Right. I'll just take the bow then, and I'll gather money for this later and buy it off Basil. I mean, that okay. can be a personal goal. 
You have to re yeah. remind me, though. I'll forget. Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. The pose looks beautiful, though. Yeah, I can see through the elvish phrases you need to know. I know elvish. You do? Maybe. Let me actually check. <laughs> I know elvish. <laughs> Whether he knows it like, or not, it's a very it's like me thing. with Spanish. I know Spanish. Me llama Nicola. Oh yeah, I have no. I I don't know a single word in Elvish, but I. Uh, but does Barnack yeah. know that he doesn't I know? Yeah, I, yeah, but, but I I know Elvish. I mean, I've heard words. Just speak some Dutch. That sounds like Elvish. Yeah. <laughs> you do need like to have... no, The the bow communicates in Elvish with you. You do need to actually speak in Elvish with to the bow, or do you? Like, from both from what I understand, yeah. the arrow, the, the bow actually speaks whenever you're targeting the uh, your sword. Oh, and yeah. yeah. So when you knock an arrow on this bow, it whispers in Elvish, swift defeat to my enemies. When you uh, use this weapon to make a ranged attack, you can, as a command phrase, say, swift death to you who have wronged me. That doesn't say that it has to be in Elvish. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it just does what it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll 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 just take the bow, Jean Jacques, and then remind me in like half a year to come back and buy this bottle, and I'll right. even ask Basil to to just have it hidden somewhere and not like just. Uh, yeah, there's obviously a anyone. mirror somewhere, right, in this store, okay. in this shop. You look around right? for a mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, make a make a perception check. I thought this was going to be simple. It was just. <laughs> Have you so met me? Really Is stick. anything simple? Seven. Fuck. Okay. Um. Let's see. Oh no! Mirror of desire. All of a sudden. Um. Okay. So yeah, you find the mirror. Um. Yeah. I, I was it's just. Like I was... Beautiful. Uh. Very very elaborate. Yeah, I was going to go through through my motions, through my flows with the new sword. That was it. Like I was going to grab while you guys were picking, I was just going to pick up my new sword and you know go through my motions, through my flows, you know, uh, my training methods, just in order for me to get used to this to the weight and size. And you know, I was just going to practice a little bit, like in front of the mirror, which was something that you know during training we actually did. So. Okay, so um, uh, could you very quickly make a charisma saving throw for me, please? A charisma saving throw. Charisma, out of all things. Just, let me just check if uh, if elegant court here. Uh, let me make a charisma. Okay, charisma check. Okay, so I can use uh, my wisdom modifier as a bonus. Here. So yeah. I'm, so I'm this is in the time that that. Um, Basil is currently walking with Barnack to find his uncommon item. Um, so mm -hmm. two of them are missing as you go. Yes. Like in, near the front of the stacks, you just see like there's there's a couple mirrors actually lined up all with these really ornate um, kind of frames and stuff like that. Very beautiful. Um, and you walk up to the first one and you look into it. What's, is Core is near Tartan Turnock? Not that near. <laughs> my charisma check, it was... Uh, Four on the dice plus four, which is my wisdom modifier. It's eight. Okay, so those of you by the table, so that's Tani, Kor, and Jean Jacques. Um, you watch as Tarnock just disappears. Oh no! <laughs> I just go like Basil. 
there's there's a brief like lack of response um and then like barnack you're walking with basil you were walking towards the place you already saw like up ahead some items that started to look interesting when there's like john jacques voice kind of carries across the stacks and you guys turn a corner and you walk straight out back to where you were um and he just i almost looks... got my bow jean jacques well i just point towards where i saw turnock last um turnock just disappeared <sighs> he just kind of looks frustrated i and he looks to the rest of the party i do apologize i might have left the lights on a little bit um just one moment and he walks over to the mirror and he says a word uh in, in another language and it sounds like a command word as well and then he says Turnock. And um, immediately Turnock, you feel yourself emerge. You were in a in a like ten by ten interdimensional cell. Like it, it was just pure stone. And into uh, like you looked into a circular room where you could see that there were twelve or eleven other cells which were occupied by different creatures or people. Um, most of them unresponsive. Like one kind of crad the the bars and kind of like help me. And then you were ripped out again. Um, and you just kind of stumble out, uh, and immediately Basil says another word, and the mirror like kind of gets this brief gleam, and he just kind of turns and grabs you by the shoulder a little bit, like, "Are you okay? I I do apologize. I I shouldn't have left the mirror on." Um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely keep those things covered, man. How no, much no, it's not a matter of covered. Um, he looks at you, Barnack. Uh, well, with your new discount, I think it would come down to a few thousand gold pieces. Gilders. Okay, so the bottle and the mirror. That's what I'm going for. He <laughs> just kind of shakes his head like, wait, oh no. <laughs> uh, he, he kind of like pauses for a moment as you seem very excited. He looks back at it. Oh, wait, no, that would be that one. Uh, same effect, but empty. Uh, this one is a little more expensive on account of its denizens. Um, no, no, the, 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 the empty one is fine. He, he turns back to your turn arc and he just kind of grabs you by, by the arm a little bit and leans in close and he says... Did anyone talk to you in there? Pull me out real fast. Okay, good. Just don't remember. It won't be good for you. And I'm not protecting myself, but trust me, you don't want to remember what's in there. And he lets go, and he goes, Okay, Barnack, let's go get your bow. Um, and he walks you into the stacks. Is there an actual mirror somewhere here, Basil? Uh, you can use that one now. It's off. Okay. Just don't no, say. No, I... uh, and he says the word again. He's like shit. And he says it again. And you see the sheen go up and go down again. Hey, um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just proceed on with what I was doing before then. So okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you are all provisioned and equipped with the items of your choice. So please make sure that you have it all on your character sheet and properly set up for your use. Um. But uh, after after another ten minutes or so, you know everyone has what they came for. Um, you are dressed in the robe of the, robe of the Archmagi, and which uh, is gray, yeah, and properly attuned uh, as well. And you notice that as you leave the attunement field, um, this this one stays. So you guys can immediately attune to your items here. <clears throat> and. Uh, Basil just briefly uh, looks over at the contract with all your signatures at the bottom, um, and he smiles. He rolls it up and briefly like 
whips his arm and another one falls into his hand and he unrolls it and he shows you that there's like your signatures are there as well and he hands the one copy to you and the other one uh, goes into his own administration wow interesting very very interesting i really hope we can make some progress here um oh um let me see here Yes, so, um, on account of where to go next, I mean, we've discussed the murders happening in Postizia. I think you might have, have a good lead there. I don't know too much about it myself, but um, murder is typically a good place to start when dealing with the god of murder, and uh, information, I think, will be key in this first stage, as I'm not particularly familiar with the, the ways in which Shirik has entrapped me in this place. Uh, nor exactly who created this place uh, to begin with, or who trapped him. Because, as far as I know, he only manipulated the existing enchantment to place me here. Um, in any case, that might be a good, good place to start. But um, I've also received some information that there might be a cult of Syric that's taken up uh, residence in a nearby village on this island of Postizia that you're on uh, towards the mountains uh, I think it's about a two days ride if you go fast in the foothills of the mountains um, it was once to my understanding a crypt dedicated and, and uh, made holy in the name of the Raven Queen but obviously abandoned since uh, since the events of some some time ago what is it now on your timeline, 50 years? Around 50. In any case, I think uh, it would be good to go there and um, see if you can find uh, uh, find out what they're up to and maybe even find the head priest. Um, he should know a little more about... Well, they're very disorganized, but even Syric has some people that must be trusted. Um, the town in question is called... Uh, Aga's Hill. So please, uh, when you have time, please look into it. And, and he looks to Barnak, this would be one of those things that you have a year to complete. Although obviously, with matters like this, they can be time sensitive. So a year from now, you might have a much more difficult time finding out what happened there. Understood. All right. Well, um... It's a pleasure doing business with, it, uh, business with you. Of course, it's costing me more now, but uh, my freedom is uh, something I'm very happy to uh, to put any price on that, that I can pay. In any case, um, yeah. Is there anything else that I can do for you? Or uh, shall we part ways here for the day? As you guys stand there, and deciding, you know, basking in the glory of your new items and your new power... Um, I want you all to roll a perception check. And I'll roll one for Core as well. Because there's something that in all of this excitement was overlooked. 14. 14. 19. 23. Oof, okay. And Tani? 13. 13, okay. Um... All right, I will say the 19 and the 23. As you guys look around, you know, look at each other, look around. Um, the both of you are drawn 
with your eyes to um, one of the the shelves that like stands way at the entrance, but you're like you're seeing enough from the other side, and um, you know on like maybe chest level there's quite a large shelf and you see there displayed is a sword, beautiful engraved sword, very very ornate in make, um, and you see all kinds of like very fine lines. You this this is almost certainly elven work, and in fact, the artwork on it very much resembles the artwork on the scabbard that you guys once retrieved. Oh, shit. I look towards Barnack and I kind of give him the wiggly, wiggly brow. Like, yep. did, you, did you see that? Uh, 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 yep. Are you all right? <coughs> yeah, yeah, he's fine. Um, yes. Speaking, speaking of things that you might be able to do for us, um, there's that one item over there that I can see in the distance on the shelf. Uh, that oh, sword. Yes. A fine thing. Well, you, hold on. And he just waves a hand, and like the table in front of him clears of the items that were there, and immediately the sword that you're discussing appears. Right. We would be interested in this item... Is it for sale? Oh, yes. Um, and he kind of checks a price card. Uh, but we see discount. That comes down to about 630 gold pieces. It hasn't got any magic in it, if that's what you're concerned about. I'm just selling it for the beautiful price and everything. And, you know, we, we did just, right. you know, conduct some very important business. So yep. I'm very much willing to, let, to part with it for... A reasonable price, even though, you know, considering its make and model and likely previous owner, I could probably get a very good price from some people who hate elves very much. But What do you mean by likely previous owner? Well, this is the, the handiwork of the elves and likely of Corellan himself. And um, even though it's been depowered, I mean, you can tell it's it's lackluster. It has no magic anymore. Um but even though it's it's essentially useless in combat, uh, there are some followers, spiders and the like, who would be very eager to put their hands on this and wave it in the face of uh, of Corellin and say, look what we stole from you. I could probably get the equivalent of, uh, he kind of looks a little guiltily, maybe two souls, or several thousand, possibly tens of thousands of guilders with the right collector, but... I'm not really in the mood to haggle over something that has no value. Nothing intrinsically, anyway. So, How much do we have in our... <laughs> which we have? Like I said, 630 gold pieces. Uh, we've got... We've got 1,300 gold worth of platinum and 186 gold. I, I, I say we buy this. He I'll, kind of I'll, looks I'll... a bit confused at you guys, and he goes like, you understand power, like, useless, right? That's... It has yes, no value we, we, otherwise. We understand. It, it's more of, um, as you mentioned, we are an interested collector. This item has significance to how we all came to be together. And, Interesting. Um, okay. It is in our best interest to procure it. So. Ernok is just confused as fuck, but it's not going to interfere. Like, yeah. He has no idea why you're interested in it. So the, those what? of you who can read Elvish, you read like on the... On the guard, on the cross guard, you can read that this is Cohandrian, uh, one of the two sister swords of of Corellin. 
and you see on the immensely intricately detailed blade, like it, it tells a, a hundred stories across its its uh, its blade um, and across the hilt. You see many images of the sun, of the elven gods of old, um, of their tribulations. You even see a depiction of Lolth being destroyed. Uh, obviously, that didn't actually happen, but uh, you know she lost battles for sure. Um, and um, yeah, it it is a beautiful piece of work, but you like just looking at it, you do notice the the lack of any sort of magical aura that most anything else in this place has. It's just this is completely inert. And does it seem? I mean, I don't know. I don't really have the expertise, but does it seem like a replica, or does it seem like the original, but that has lost its power? Well, um, as far as you can tell, Basil is definitely convinced that it is original, um, just useless uh, in his eyes. But um, if you want, I guess you could make an intelligence check to see if you can, can investigate. But this is not something that any, yeah. anyone can help you on because no one else is more experienced well, or more Actually, I will try and get the input of somebody more intelligent and experienced, and I'll just go back into my mind space. Okay. And I'll say, um, Monami? Would you perhaps know if this is the sword of Corellon? You feel a brief one? moment, like a sort of pressure around your eyes as he's looking through your eyes. Um, and he takes in the details of the sword. Um, let's see here. Okay. Um, it looks genuine enough, but uh, there are very capable people on the plains, my friend. Um, even so, for the price that is offered, a replica would already be worth that kind of money, so. I say buy it if you are interested. Although, I will caution you that appeasing old elven spirits is not much use in a world without elves. Well, there is one. I think back to the <laughs> crazy powerful maid we released onto the world. <laughs> we, we can offer her this, yep. There's a kind of pause, and the only thing he offers in return is do not take her for a follower of the gods. That would be a very foolish mistake. Mm. She has ambitions not of her it. own that would not match such devotion. I'll keep it in mind. Thank you very much. Away. And I, I, I come back and I say, I, I think we should definitely buy it. I think it's a good investment. Mm -hmm. Sentimental value, Hatterson? at least. Hmm? Sorry, Tani, what did you say? A, will it fit in a haversack? Because we need to hide it. Yeah, it will fit in the haversack. Okay. <clears throat> it's the beauty of interdimensional spaces. Yeah. It was her asking, Kira knows. Yeah, no, so I mean, said, this Basil says that as well. Like, it's the beauty of interdimensional spaces. Like, he's, he uh, said 600 and something, right? 630 600 uh, guilders, yeah. So 63 platinum. Um, I think you're the haversacker. I am. I'll pay it. All right. Haversacker. You, you reach and into your sack and you take out a load of gold. <laughs> a platinum. Um, do we have the hilt or the scabbard or is we just know where it is? I think you took the scabbard, but it was, was it the scabbard for Cahandrin or Sahandrin? I don't know. I'm not sure because we we visited two different places. That's why I'm asking. Like they found the scabbard, but I didn't. In my, no, no, you guys found, found the scabbard this... together in the vault from the overseer. 
That was where he found that. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. We need to write that down. <laughs> the okay. Before Sherlock, right? But I'm no, not, we, we found... I, I know, scene. wait, I know exactly no, it's, it's, which one we found. I think two sessions before you met up with us. I, I know which one we found. Hold on. Let me just get off my notes. I could have written that down, but... <laughs> I did. So many pages ago. Darn it, I don't know where my note thing is. <laughs> I haven't unpacked. Wait, okay. no. You said the overseer, a pirata, right? Yes. I mean, Can I can find me the my names notes again? as well. But... Uh, Kohandrian and Sahandrian. I think we found the first one. But... Well, keep in mind that the sword that you were asked to retrieve was Kohandrian, and the one that Jean Jacques was asked to retrieve was Sahandrian. Yeah, we didn't find our one, I think. Exactly. And this is Kohandrian. Yeah, this is Kohandrian. So this would be the one that Barnek, Tani, and Kor were tasked to retrieve, but the scabbard, I do also believe, but I don't want to say for sure, that it was the scabbard of Sahandrian. Yeah, I'm one always nice with sister swords when they have very similar names and are impossible yeah. to keep apart when you don't keep notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, of course. Is. But um, I, I believe it was indeed uh, the, the scabbard of Sahandrian. Yeah. We'll, we'll check. I mean, we won't go there now, so <laughs> we'll check. All right. Um, uh, I, I gave the money to Basil. All right. So he, you know, he allows you to take the uh, the weapon in question. Still looks a little puzzled, but obviously he's not going to prevent you from purchasing something that he thinks has no no intrinsic value. And clearly he's not super excited about having to deal with the kind of people that would pay a lot of money for this. Um, so he seems more than happy to, to let go of it. Um, and you hear him probably mumble to himself like, well, that was the fastest sale I've ever had. Jacques <laughs> Tani. <clears throat> Tarnak, Kor. We, we, we do hear use, that. We can yeah. use this as bait as well, just so you know. If they were after this, we can use it. I also look at him and I say, um, so you acquired this recently. It wasn't uh, Oh yes, shop for uh, a long while. Last night. Interesting. Interesting. I won't ask you who it was because I know that's. Uh... Wait, I will. Who who was it? <laughs> I um, think already told us. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you. They uh, they had a very thick black robe on, and I think some kind of symbol on the chest. Was it a a, a symbol of a circle? Some kind? I didn't really pay attention. I don't really, you know, these one one time customers. Sometimes uh, people just need to drop off something that they don't want to hold on to anymore. Was it like a circle uh, that had, it looked like a chain circle? Well, um, I guess. I, what do you mean chain circle? It's not like, like multiple cir circles in a chain. If that's no, like mean. one circle made out of a chain. Could be. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really pay attention to it. I'm sorry. Okay. No, but it could, a, it could very well be. It was just a little it's, it's okay. circle. It's okay. All right, well, I'm, kind of, um, I'm kind of waiting, you know, like at the door already, kind of like, Mom, let's go, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, uh, shall we go then? I think this was 
very fruitful fruitful morning yes i concur very well uh, pleasure doing business with you and uh, i hope oh. to hear from you very soon one thing that i don't think we'll uh, need oh. to discuss the key yes good point and he like he reaches behind himself and he just pulls it out of thin air and you just have like this very old-fashioned uh seems to be lead key that he just hands over to you um if you need to find me focus on this item and open the nearest door and you will be able to enter here immediately i would suggest um it takes some time so don't do this in dangerous situations and don't use my place as an escape it tends to leave a bad reputation and as long as i'm not free i do have that reputation to maintain of course he, he kind of stops for a moment and he goes like normally that would be enough but just to be completely honest as we've established so far it means i won't let you in if you bring danger okay Understood. question though um when we go in through that door do we have to get out through that door rather do we go out to the same place that is correct i'm okay. not a an interdimensional portal hub uh, for okay. anyone to travel anywhere. Oh, no, I wasn't thinking that, of course. I was. I know you were, Barnett. I know you were. Just well, see him smile. Let us away, friends. All right. Oh. And he walks you to the door, uh, opens it for you, and again it happens that instead of stepping back into that alleyway, you step out literally onto the main street. Um, and you turn around and you see that you're standing like in front of a butcher. People kind of looking at you a little weird, but it's kind of escaping their perception so very quickly they just move on and nobody pays you any special attention for that all right um, okay it mm. is about i would say at this point probably about 11 in the morning you still have some time uh so is there anything else you guys want to do before the formal um appointment at john jacques cousins or would you like to you know, pass the time, maybe go back to the Stormcrow, and then go straight there. I just, I just asked them, you know, I am, if they don't propose anything, I am making my way back, you know, to, to, to the Stormcrow, to, just right. to, to wait until the appointment. But I, I, I asked them, uh, would you mind telling me why, uh, aside from all of the gifts, we got, we just spend it almost all of our economies in a regular old sword. A beautiful one, not gonna lie, but. Yeah, uh, of course, it, it requires some explaining. Now let's uh, talk about it when we get to the tavern. Okay. All right. So I have a quick question for you guys as players. Um, we usually have a break, but typically the main purpose of that break is, uh, especially for, for Carlos, to have lunch um, with his. Uh, with his family um, do you guys still want to have that 30 minute break or should we have a shorter one soon and then just continue on I'm fine I don't with mind having one. a shorter one yeah yeah, yeah? I'm fine with either alright so I would say um, let's get back to the tavern and then let's have a short break and then we'll continue alright uh, you make it back to, to the Stormcrow Tavern you know it's it's getting busy now uh, most of the, the snow in the street has at least cleared out um, you do see a few people falling here and there just from how slippery things are <laughs> um, children laughing um, other people laughing when it's these Yana fanatics that, that 
uh, fall on their asses. But uh, you make it back to a uh, cozy, warm Stormcrow Tavern. A few patrons sitting around and um, enjoying some lunch. Um, Finn is, is behind the bar. Delana is nowhere to be seen for the moment. Presumably cooking. Um, and um, yeah, you can take a seat. Pass some time. Discuss what you want to do next. Um, and I would say that... Uh, <clears throat> well, is there anything you guys want to discuss first of all? Well, yes, Otherwise, there we'll is move the unanswered yeah. question of why we purchased that sword. Right. Uh, because I he... I'm, I'm, I'm just asking, and I want to be direct with you, is just that I have not abandoned, but I've left my path and trail uh, aside in order to aid you and continue on with you. And every day that passes, there's an unsolved mystery or something that I've never heard before. So would you please be clear with me on what's going on here exactly? And yeah, it's, who are it, you? What is this? It's nothing <laughs> it's nothing against you, Tarnok. It's just that we forget that you didn't you weren't there when that happened. Mm. We think of you as someone who's always been there. Yeah, and I mean that. Yeah, so it, it, this this particular purchase has to do with how we all, well, in part, how we all came to be together in the first place. Um, my, for myself, um, many years back, I was um, dungeon delving, so to say. I was I was exploring some some ruins uh, northeast of or east of North Dyke, and um, I came upon an elven crypt wherein. I uh, encountered a spirit of a uh, long-dead elf that spoke to me, and they bequeathed unto me the quest to retrieve um, an item of great import to the elven people, a sword of uh, one of two swords, actually, that were made and wielded by, Kevin? Wielded by or just made? Just made. Uh, wielded by Corral. Okay. So, wielded by uh, Corellan. And I don't know if you know, but the, the ancient god of the elves. And um, they set me on. And this was in part how I came to Watchhold um, in pursuit of this sword. Its name is Sahandran. Um, the sister or brother, of the sword that we bought today. One of two. For, and for us? Yeah. And we need both? You need both, actually? Well, okay. we got, we, the three of us, Kor, Tani, and myself, our first mission as official freelancers was to go and see if there was something wrong with the, wrong with the village. And we also stumbled upon, we weren't really dungeon delving, we just stumbled upon an ancient elven, well, ruins of something elven, I don't know. And another spirit spoke to us and told us that we should get the, that we should tr try to get the sword back to them. One very important note, though, instead of the sword, that is where we found this, and I show you the watch piece. Mm. The golden watch. That this was there. 
this was left by whoever took the sword. Mm -hmm. Or whoever was trying to find it before us or something. So no. now we have one of two swords. Okay. And a bunch and of blue scabbard. And, and a one scabbard. scabbard. That we found. Oh, is he? Oh, I think he. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and he is the one who needs to know the story. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm talking. <laughs> so, in the meantime, um, to 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 pass over this moment for a second, um, Tani, uh, I I whispered to you, but you also noticed that uh, Finn is kind of beckoning for a moment to speak with you when you have a second. Um, so, whenever you know, in, in the in the flow of this conversation, at some point when there's a lull, um, you know, if you go to find him, uh, you can you can speak with him briefly. There are two Brunos. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, we're good again. Okay. However, um, that moved OCD. everyone on my overlay. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. No, it's not your uh, fault. It's not your fault. Let me just move everyone into the appropriate locations. Uh, but then, okay, so Tani, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. But please continue explaining the story of the... Uh... Yeah, I, I left in the scabbard part. Like, yeah. You have a scabbard as well. Yeah. So I say, um, and uh, a scabbard, which we found week a few days, I guess, after we all convened in Watchhold in the offices of one uh, overseer Epirata, who turned out to be, well, she was actually the head of the freelancer office in Watchhold, effectively all of ours superior and leader of that, that um, outpost. She turned out to be um, conspiring to acquire pieces of the item that Barnack just showed you, um, as well as some form of fiend, uh, or at least that she had made a pact with the fiend. Um, we defeated her, and in her office we found a vault that contained the scabbard of Sahandran. You have it right now? We do, but yes. we have a scabbard of one and the actual sword of another, so we, we okay. Okay. haven't that brought was them going two to, together. I was going to, you know, investigate upon that, actually. I was going to see if, you know, I didn't know if you know that. that, 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 that that's my thing. I was just trying, yeah. trying to figure out if it was the, the sword was related to the scabbard. Thing. We are not 100% sure because our notes are not. Yeah, I looked through mine and I don't see anything about the scabbard, unfortunately. I guess it was... I'll look up the scabbard on, the, on our break. Yeah, but, but yeah, so that's that's why we got it, because we might be able to just finally, okay. one cool. day, yeah. go back and, 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 and deliver on our promise. Just give me the loop, okay? It's important. Yeah, yeah. this was even bigger than, than the cult and that, yeah, but... I don't know if I should still keep it a secret because it stopped working. But yeah, it was that mission was even bigger than the golden thing that we found. Yeah, we never discussed the golden apple. Yeah. We never discussed why was the golden apple there in, instead of the. And remember that they did know that we were somehow going to find it because Bruxo apparently took a contract weeks before, and we were celebrating in that tavern, and then. Remember? Those brothers attacked us, and that's where we all started. Yes. Yeah, but Braxo was meeting with, with Epirata. 
Yeah. Just a pirata knew. Uh huh. And the pirata was conspiring with someone from here. Mm hmm. That's why we're here too. That's why we are here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do have a theory, and and it's obviously just a, a theory, but if the clockmaker is interested in bringing back the order of things from before, it would make sense that she would leave clues or items of note in places where the sort of avatars of this old way of things would be prominent or would be able to be found. So at least that's what I think, you know, would make sense, but I, I'd consider doing something like that myself. All right, if I wanted to inspire people to pursue bringing back Quirlon, what better way to do it than leave a powerful artifact that leads this person on a quest to acquire more power and knowledge in a place that would tie it back to Quirlon? Okay. Jean-Jacques, I would like you to take some inspiration. Oh, thank you. Well, so if, <laughs> I mean, it's been told to us several times already that we're just pawns and somebody's moving the pieces and we're, what I'm trying to say, eventually we will find the other sword, you know, yeah. this seems to be detail. the path we're trailing. There's also one detail and, and I, and I like have you guys lean forward a bit because it's a super secret. Since we said no to Pax and the clockmaker, the golden thing doesn't work anymore. But the evil people don't know that. And yeah, that's it. And I lean back away. I mean, that, was, that was amazing. <laughs> Barnex side. Yep. Cora just has his mind blown. Like he's just like Whoa. So so do you think well well for, well we gotta confirm if they know if they feel that the magic has stopped, but what if they don't? And I don't know. That's as far as my mind can go right now, but we should still investigate, right? Because these people are evil and well, I, I think that no matter what we do, we don't know what for they want to use these items. If they're simply trying to work with the clockmaker and become disciples, that's a lot more benevolent, even though it doesn't necessarily align with all of our beliefs. It's I do not believe that the clockmaker is working towards the inherent detriment of everybody, right? The old way, while flawed, was a lot more structured and orderly, right? It's not as if they are trying to destroy the world and make it a barren wasteland, right? So if individuals like a pirata are trying to get the items, I do believe they're trying to get them for nefarious purposes, maybe to corrupt them or in some way use them against the other disciples of the clockmaker maybe they're maybe even against the clockmaker herself exactly well we'll see 
We'll so I, I definitely am interested in pursuing this further because I think that even if we don't achieve a great goal ourselves, stopping somebody from achieving a great evil goal is in and of, in and of itself an achievement worth our time. I agree. So just to clarify, right? Even though you guys are talking about this privately and secretively, you you are in the common room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess yeah. we didn't specify that we're not. So we no, probably uh, are but also corner. from the, the yeah, like from the wanting to be secretive, I kind of assumed, but I, because I just yeah. realized you guys are still like the tokens are still up there, so I just wanted to move yeah. you to where you should be. Um, and the Starnak said, "We are pawns." Oh, everyone tells us we're pawns. So we should always also remember that pawns can sometimes kill the queens. Exactly. Very good point. I didn't know you knew chess, Barnack. We should play oh, some I do. Well, what what else can you play when you're dr drunk on a ship? Well, actually, we probably played a lot together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe with your own rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Jean probably taught Burnick a version of chess where he can just always win. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So, as you guys are, are talking, um, there's this brief momentary pause, right, where you're all looking at each other. Um, and <clears throat> you just hear this weird muttering nearby and appearing out of thin air, out of invisibility, is Appy, your friend. And he's just kind of standing there under his hood, uh, like, still pulled down, like, hiding the, the weird deformity of, like, being partially human, but also having patches of skin that are more tiefling-like and the, like, misshapen growth of his horns. Um, and just kind of standing there, he kind of looks a little weird and a little out of sorts. And he kind of looks at you guys. <sighs> Could you do this to could you do this to me and he just like says a word and snaps his fingers you may attempt to okay counter spell if you wish can i how does this work can i first attempt to identify the spell or um, is this uh, so let me see here because we shared the rules uh, about yeah. that right so i think it uses a reaction to identify the spell it does it does yeah i think i, so. I read it just just before we started it uses a reaction to identify okay it. Yeah, so you can either try to identify it, or you can just immediately attempt to counterspell whatever he's doing. I will... Fuck. That's not Do an I option. <laughs> I will fuck. <laughs> um, I will try to counterspell. Do you choose a different level? I choose level four. Okay. He, immediately upon seeing this, like, with a speed you did not expect, casts a fifth level counterspell as well. To, like, literally just slapping you down with yeah. the response. Um, and immediately you watch as parts of the tables nearby get pushed back as a force cage surrounds Ooh. you. 20 feet to each side almost, like not quite, but just to fit in here. Um, and it seems to just wrap completely around you guys. Um, there's kind of scraping of chairs nearby as a few of the other patrons get up. Finn stands up um, and just kind of looks over. Um, doesn't do anything yet. But uh, 
Appy just looks over his shoulder, and you just hear him hiss in a voice that doesn't sound like hiss, uh, his, and he just says, Get out! Um, and immediately, you know, people just kind of scramble to get out. They're, they're not, you know, heroes or fighters. Um, so they just kind of uh, go, go for the door immediately, scrambling over each other almost. And he pulls back the hood, and you see for the first, like, for the first real time, because he's always had his hood on with you guys, um, you see Appy in his full uh, full form here. And um, it is uh, it is a kind of a miserable sight, that's for sure. Um, you don't know, you know, if he was born like this, or if he was always like this, but um, he definitely, he looks like he's in a, in a rough spot. Even rougher than when you last left him, you know, the... The weird thick skin uh, abrasions and, and mutant growths almost um, have, have left him looking quite fierce. But as he looks over you guys, you see a new kind of awareness in his eyes. And he looks incredibly angry, first and foremost. And he seems to be regarding you in a new way as well. And he says, you just had to say no, didn't you? just had to reject her no I didn't yeah. reject her one of you sorry what if I we didn't at the ship and well from what you're saying it, it looks like you heard us but we can explain we can explain explain what is there to explain? You turned your back on me. You abandoned any chance I had of becoming normal again. You just no. forgot about me. Everyone forgot about me. And people were real sorry. We didn't necessarily forget. We were, we were trapped. How could you? It's very fair, Appy. I understand that you're mad. You should be. It wasn't fair. We didn't do it on purpose. Oh, we didn't do it on purpose. As you guys watch, and this becomes Maybe obvious. Yeah. And this becomes yeah. obvious to everyone. Is like as he's kind of straining, you see, like he's tensing his muscles, not against anything, but just he's tense completely and all over. You see these like light waftings of green energy kind of come off of him, like like thinnest bits of smoke, just like waves of very slow energy in that same way that you've seen happen from the flowers before um but this is his own natural affinity for magic as far as you can tell it's just that he's currently channeling or possessing or has access to a very very large font of magical energy and he has locked you up in a space that i think those of you familiar with with magic are aware is incredibly difficult to be removed from uh if the caster doesn't want you to be uh, this is a question to the dm that is going to be a question for the players if depending on the answer but do i know this guy you only know him from the ship uh he's traveled with you uh, but he hasn't interacted with you much um uh, the rest of the party has been speaking with him on and off uh but mainly, uh, probably at the time, it was secretively, since uh, at the time, you guys weren't telling Turnock about the golden timepiece. Um, so you've probably seen them 
kind of pull away from you or at least cut off their discussions with him anytime that you were around and he definitely didn't engage uh, when this was the case. I just turn to John Jark and I say, this is what I, that's what I say when I say to keep me in the loop, like. Yeah, we gotta explain this too. You could have told me more as well. She punished me. She punishes me with truth for your failure. It wasn't supposed to go Over. like this. It wasn't supposed to go like this. What? what? And ironically, you feel terrible, just what? so you guys know. <laughs> what? 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 She... I remember it all. I don't want to remember all of it. We're real sorry, Abby. We would have said any, something if we only had a chance. We talked to you about everything that had to do with the timepiece. You know that. It all happened outside of our control. Tani and Kor were trapped. Barnick and I went after them, and so did Turnock, and, and it all went down, and this weird dreamscape thing that we had no way of communicating with you. I promise you we would have told you yeah, if we only we were, could have. How could you? Yeah, we were going to find you at the ship and bring you here, but then we heard a voice and... and how and could you choose this? It, it hurts. It hurts all the time. I don't want to remember. What you did this. You she punishes me with truth, with the memories. I remember all of it. What do you mean all of it? And he, he turns around and he starts kind of like still holding his head, walking away. Um, and you, you try to plead, you try, you know, you, f you feel out briefly the, the limits of essentially what is a cell that's been built for you now. Um, and you feel out the limits and uh, is is there anything at this point as he turns his back that you want to signal to, for example, Finn? Because he's the only one that's still in the room. Is he within the... He's cage? not within... Um, he is currently trying to edge closer to what seems to be a weapon that he keeps behind the bar. I just kind of, I, I look at him and I just wave my head like, no, just give us a moment. Yeah, I noticed John Jack doing that and I'll do the same. He just holds up his hands and he stays still. Um, and actually is surprisingly calm about the entire matter as he just leans forward on the bar. And just goes to observe, just like, what a fucking okay. badass. Um, Not the guy I remember, but whatever. <laughs> oh, he's seen some shit in the meantime. <laughs> but, uh, um, Appy, in the meantime, just kind of stands with his back to you guys. And he says, I remember everything we did to them. I didn't, it wasn't me. I didn't, why, why didn't we stop when they screamed? And there's this moment where he just kind of whimpers and becomes quiet. And then you see the head go up a little bit and he's, his posture changes entirely. I do apologize for that. And he turns around, takes you all in. And it's like looking at a different person. It's like... That's definitely not the Appy you've known, the insecure, worried, amnesiac person that you've been trying to shepherd into uh, finding his way. 
Well, well, well. This is a little mess here. I take it you're the ones who've been, I guess, babysitting while I've been incapacitated? What? No. You're not the Appy we know. No. My name's not Appy. What a ridiculous name, by the way. Please never call me that again. I would very much what appreciate is, it. What is your name? Well, as to that, he looks around a little bit. He looks at Finn, smiles at him, weirdly, in a very, very unfriendly, unkindly way. Looks back at you guys. Well, as to that, I don't think that's really any of your business. The only reason I want to be here is to tell you to leave me alone. Let's part ways here. And nothing has to change for you. In fact, you can forget all about me. Do you have a deal? Where am I going to leave you alone if I don't know who you are or why you're here? Well, that's kind of the point. You don't know as little as possible, and we move on. I just want to make sure that there's no sentiment lingering that will make you come after me, investigate me, or in any other way try to find we... out who or where I am. Okay, we won't... Uh, uh, I won't look for you, but can can I understand at least this? Did you somehow restart? Did your memories wipe away but you're still the same person? Or are you a new person? Another conscience? I'm me. I am everything that is me. I am the total person. What you've been dealing with was a fragment. Something that she left as punishment for something I tried to do. But don't worry about that. I'll get her back. I'm prepared now. I know what she can do. And if we decline? Well, that... That will make this very unpleasant. And, um... I think I might have to introduce you to a few friends of mine. Just to make sure... That in the aftermath... Of what happened... You would feel... Inclined to agree anyway. I'm threatening you. Just accept. And we can all walk away from here... With all of our limbs intact, all of our minds intact, and no need to bother each other again. Um, guys, I don't really feel threatened. I mean, Appy's threatening us. Would you like me to make my threats more tangible? He reaches out, and he grabs something in mid-air that's not there, like a part of the fabric of space, and he just rips it away, and you see just this black tear in nothingness. And he looks into it for a moment, and he says something that you can't quite understand. He whispers it almost like a message. Um, and after a few seconds, you watch as an arm pushes through of a humanoid sort of being, and another arm pushes through. You see the skin is quite dark. Seems to be human, in fact. But 
embedded in the flesh are these thin lines of metal, seemingly fused together. And as it pushes out, you see a face that's still mostly intact uh, of, of a man, but like the hair is all gone. And on the side of the head, you see several of the cogwheels inlaid and intertwined and currently click, 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 click. And you see that it has several more of these modifications around its body. And it just kind of pushes itself into the, into the space. And behind it comes another. And behind that comes another. Three. One is human. One seems to be more uh, shorter, maybe part dwarf. Um, and another one is definitely a half-elf. Uh, and they, they push into the space, but they act almost like automatons. Like they look at Appy, or formerly Appy, um, and just kind of take up positions around the force cage around you guys, trying like to feel their way in, but when they realize that there's a barrier, they stop and just kind of take the position up around there. So Epi's not within the force cage, we're in the force cage. Yes, he, he encased you guys in it. Ah, uh, he's so. outside. Yeah. <clears throat> I just look at ah, Barnack. That kind of threat. <laughs> yes. And I can Duly assure noted. you that uh, my little pets here are not the most pleasant to play with. You watch, like, as you guys are kind of having this standoff, as one of them seems to kind of shimmer for a moment, as if it becomes translucent almost, and then it just disappears, and it teleports to another space adjacent to uh, to this to the square, and it seems involuntary. It's like it's kind of disoriented itself after it comes out, but then it immediately refocuses on you guys. Well, we were mainly interested in you as a. We thought to be a friend. Hmm. I mean, I have to. I have to frankly thank you for what you did, because of course you did bring me back. So thank you for that, and uh, I am grateful. But um, that is the main reason that I choose not to act in any further capacity here. Now you can understand that the people that have left, and after the little outburst that occurred, and he looks a little disturbed. Um, we probably don't have too much time alone, and if anybody arrives, and he looks at the other, at the creatures that he summoned, this won't be a pleasant experience for anyone. So, I'm going to need your answer sooner rather than later. I don't know about them, sir, but I'm not looking to have any more enemies, considering the amount of enemies we already have. And uh, that's a smart man, so. Dragonborn. Apologies. I just gotta look at the other three, them having a much stronger relationship with uh, Appy, and that kind of say, I don't think we've got much choice here, friends. It breaks my heart how Appy was so broken on those last moments. But yeah, you're not Appy anymore. And I don't wish to have you as an enemy. Um, I agree, but just a simple question. You said we part ways. Does that mean that you will not go after us? Of course not. Why would I have any reason to go after you? 
you rejected. Bro, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing here. You're here to assure we're not going to go after you. Indeed. You've rejected the one that has earned my ire. So, as long as you do not align with her, we have no qualms whatsoever. And if we do? Then I'm sure we'll meet again. Fair enough. Excellent. And he just, like, clicks his fingers and they the, the creatures start walking back into the rift and disappear. And he just kind of looks into it for a moment, looks at you guys. Well, a happy last meeting. And he steps through and then you guys still have about 50 minutes on a force cage that won't won't drop. <laughs> 15 or 50? 50, 5 all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was about to, I was about to ask him, can you let us go at least? It's actually not it's not a concentration spell, so he literally wouldn't be able to, to choose to drop it. Uh, oh well. Okay, okay. You guys have a lot of enemies. Oh my well, god. Well to be fair, this one we didn't couldn't have known about really. Did you see well, how Uppy was suffering? We yeah. can't forget him. Well, I don't think it was us forgetting him, Tani. I think it's it was us rejecting. Yep. Our... So, exactly. So I don't know how this will play with Core, um, but of course he was the one who ultimately met with yeah. and chose otherwise. So I will say only this, that in this moment, Core will make the correction saying, I rejected her. And whatever his emotional responses to that is Carlos's to to figure out. But I'm sure that Core at least has something to think about being the upstanding and morally vigilant person that he usually has proven to be. So, um, with another 50 minutes in the Force Cage, you guys have some time to discuss. But I would suggest that we take a break here. Let's take 15 yep. minutes and uh, return at uh, 20.05 CET to, uh, to pick this up. I would guess, uh, out of character, we would explain who was happy to turn up. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I know now that I know that I know him. Like, <laughs> you, I, I I know that he was there. He shit with us. I've seen him interacting with you, and I, you know, what I knew from him is that he was friendly. That's yeah. No, no, but we would we would explain everything now, like who actually yeah. he wasn't, and we would just fill you in. Him? Yes. Yeah, yeah, was, so yeah. please do. Why he was so devastated. <laughs> he was a guy that, yeah. Yeah, he was what, a guy. Sorry? Go ahead. No, we would explain why he was so devastated by us saying no. Um, we knew him shortly after we were attacked at the tavern. He actually, he was there during the fight and he just came up to us and said, want to know more about the golden thing that you found? So we went to his place in secret, and he revealed that he had been a follower of the clockmaker, like one of his staff members. I forget the medieval fantasy name. Um, and he had somehow angered her, and she had punished him. Is that right, Barney? Well, Milosh, am I, am I getting the story right? And yeah. he wanted to return to his former magical prowess self. Which he and definitely did by casting Force Cage. And ripping 
a fabric in reality. It, that too. Yeah. But what did we just do to in order for him to return to his own self? Rejected because her again, I think. Was it rejecting her that caused this? Was but wasn't that what he wanted? Like what is said is that he was a shell of himself, you know, that that figure, that agonizing creature that we've seen is just a part of the multiple uh, beings or souls or identities, personalities that are stored within that individual. So we just helped them? Well, I don't think it's really that simple, uh, to be honest. She, I said... think that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that Cora's actions had some unforeseen consequences and that they were not foreseeable. We could not have simply known that this would be the outcome, nor would I don't think much have changed about how things were done if we even knew. Yeah, I don't think Epi would have, well, had known either. I don't think he knew. And I mean, happy that we knew. Yeah, I don't think that him forgetting what he did was that much of a punishment, more a lesson. He said before he transformed that she was punishing him with the truth. The memories. Yeah, exactly. So this was her doing. Yeah. Him transforming well... back in the end was her doing. Not ours. Him being broken and having only some memories and being a shadow of what he was, was her doing as well. It was his punishment. Knowing, but also not knowing. Maybe that was his reward, because if she was punishing him by giving him back his memories, that means that taking away his memories is not a punishment. It's a reward of sorts. Uh, I'm going to take maybe... Finn to throw in an idea here. Um, but you know he's listening he's quite intrigued uh, and he'll say um, well you're talking about them as if they're one person but what if they're if they were really two and one of them the new one that you knew was better than the old one and he didn't want to go back because he realized he was a terrible person that is what I think as well yes. which is quite tragic two, two people in a single person Kind yeah, of. When he was saying that, Pop. um, I said, "Well, what if I start saying those things once I remember what I did?" But... Tani, the difference mm -hmm. between between Epi and you is that might be shitty to say this, but Epi didn't have anyone around him when that when this thing happened. You still have friends, and mm -hmm. we are part of your family of sorts so and i don't think i will turn into a weird person if like you well, that's the two things this group has right friends and loose ends oh my goodness <laughs> and i'm starting to get really anxious with the fact that i'm stuck in the cage like a bit claustrophobic like let me out not like that but in spirit <laughs> sure sure then can you get us some ale he just like knocks on the cage where where the barrier is, 
Yeah. I, I, I can throw some air at you, but uh, it's just going to stain my floor. Yeah. But yes, Tani, if you start remembering something that you don't want to, please share it with us. Barnacle just hit you in the head, make you forget again. That can work. Yeah. All right. So let's have our short break. And um, we'll be back soon with uh, the second half of this episode.